It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Source Material. I am your host, Jesse Starcher, and tonight we are discussing another fantastic crossover between DC and who could this be? Is it is it the Looney Tunes? No, we've done did that. Is it Marvel? No, you go back a year or so in the archives, Source Material, you can find Marvel versus DC. No, tonight, DC decides to mess with your childhood just a little bit more and bring in the characters from the Hanna-Barbera universe. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not had the opportunity to read some of the comics, we actually covered a couple on here, uh, one of which was Flintstones, where DC had brought Flintstones. Uh, Mark Russell was the writer of Flintstones, I believe. We had a great discussion in regards to that. Fun property, and Ronnie... Ronnie kept raving about it till I finally brought it on to the source material podcast. Mm. And <laughs> that, <laughs> that how, that's how history went. But uh, so if you had listened don't, don't earlier put that on me, Starcher, <laughs> if you'd listened earlier, was it this earlier this year where we brought? Yeah, it was. It was DC and Looney Tunes. Earlier this form- year, it was like a month ago. Okay. Hey, <laughs> maybe over the summer. Maybe <laughs> Jesus. It was oh, hundreds of hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. We had so DC and Looney Tunes happened, and the format of that show was where me. Ronnie Adams, Mark Radlich picked our favorite stories or the stories that we <laughs> Ronnie, I will say I will say this. Here. I will say this. I did enjoy the Batman Elmer Fudd story. Okay. Okay. I thought it was funny. Um it it was better than I thought it was. Okay. So we brought those to the table. We I don't it wasn't by picking and choosing our favorites, I should say. It was more like, okay, you do this one, you do this one. And and we had a quite a bevy of them to bring to the table and let one judge, jury, and executioner, Josh Calandros, rule and say, okay. That one sounds like I might be interested. That one I will shat upon. The same thing tonight. We have DC and Hanna-Barbera properties coming together, doing a crossover. We chose one each. Mark got two. We're going to present them to, present them to Josh Calandros and have, them, have him give us his input on what he thinks of said series. So with, let's get an introduction here. First off, Ronnie Adams, how are you doing tonight, man? You ready for this? Well, yeah. <laughs> the we already plan to do it <laughs> the excitement <laughs> pouring forth um as excited as i could be okay all right well no, i'm I'm, exci- I'm always excited to be on here uh, um well. i'm not um excited about the the content? material that we're yeah the content <laughs> that we have on here and um 
I will leave it at that. Okay. All right. You you prepare your arguments, sir. You have to bring your best pitch to Josh Calandra. Listen, there's no argument. Pick. You all will automatically go, oh, God. <laughs> Why? Okay, here's what we got. <laughs> and the, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that's behind the Radulich and Broadcasting Network, the patriarch himself, Mark Radulich. Are you ready, sir? I am always ready. I can't wait to pitch my story to Josh Calandra's so that he runs right out to his local comic book store and picks it up. That's oh, what's going to happen. That's my prediction. <laughs> wow. That is <laughs> that is a prediction. That is some great uh, That's a prediction, all right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not we, – no money is being laid. Matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to place your bets right now, you're more than welcome to as we're live here just to figure out which one's going to win. We ain't even Listen, pro- I've known Josh Glanders for the better <laughs> of 20 years now. I, I don't think that's a fair bet for anybody else. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Josh Calandris, I know you're feeling under the weather, but I want to thank you for coming on here to be judged tonight for our little game that we have, DC and Hanna Barbera. Are you are you ready to to present your best like appearance of impartiality? <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm ready to give my opinion on these properties I'm not very familiar with. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, I, like, like, I think there's one character or one team up from each of these respective properties that, that I've already asked you all that. What, mm-hmm. what is that? Who is that? <laughs> yeah. And that's all what right. The, banana splits. I don't <laughs> understand. I was born <laughs> yeah. in 82. That doesn't work. I don't think. Yeah. These are the Hanna-Barbera characters have been around for shoot since the sixties. I know we talked about Flintstones, uh, I think was a, Prime time cartoon. Whoa, I just Googled the banana splits. Holy <laughs> shit. Okay, sorry. Shouldn't have done that. Oh, wow. wow, sorry. Go ahead. That's good. He's yeah, prepared. buddy. That's definitely from the 60s. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, let's see. We got we, we have the Flintstones teaming up with Booster Gold tonight, and that's Ronnie's choice. Correct, sir? Oh, why did I do that? <laughs> I you like you, you see you sounded like you liked Booster Gold. You're like, yeah, I'll do Booster Gold. Well, yeah, I do like Booster Gold, and I was like, yeah, okay, I could do some Booster Gold. And then I forgot. Never mind. I'll just I'll save it. Yeah. All right. All right. Save it. I was the one that chose to do. I chose the less popular one or the less because there were there were a few options on the table where I was like, okay, that one people are know are going to know who that is because not only are they pretty much ingrained in pop culture. Uh, you're going to recognize those names. Me, I chose Adam Strange and Johnny Quest. Now, Johnny Quest has been a cartoon since the 60s as well. I'll go into a little bit of that as we go on. And I'll also discuss who the hell Adam Strange is. I would appreciate that. (laughs) Some people, I I could understand, myself included, don't know much about that character. So I had to do a little bit of research. And then Mark Radlich, you had two, because we had four stories all together, two left over. One was Space Ghost Green Lantern, and then the other was Suicide Squad and Banana Splits. Now, which one are you bringing to the judges' chambers here? I am going to pitch the winner. 
of this series. And that winner is the Suicide Squad and the Banana Splits. Oh boy. When we are when we are done with all of our pitches, we can talk about Green Lantern and Space Ghost. Okay. All right. So I, I, I uh, assume the banana splits end up giving the Suicide Squad heaps of acid. <laughs> <laughs> just can we just from I an wish image. We, I'm we, just going off of an image. It's kind of where it took me. <laughs> these you know, these cartoons, I imagine they they just were an abundance. Uh, through the 60s, I would assume animation took off. Like I said, primetime animation was something else. When Flintstones became like one of the number one comedies during that time. But, but after the 60s and the 70s, like Hanna-Barbera kind of just went the wayside, really, right? Well, I mean, we're like, talking, what? let's look at the properties here. I'll, I'll, head to, I'll head to Google Machine and do some Hanna-Barbera properties and see what we got. I do know. I mean, Space Ghost had do. his fun weirdness in the 2000s. But that, you know, that almost doesn't even borderline on Hanna-Barbera. I mean, I know it was Hanna-Barbera, but like. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll watch a Space Ghost Coast to Coast any day of the week if I can. Yeah. That's for damn sure. So I'm looking I'm looking for properties here. Man, there's a lot of good properties. I could tell you in my day, when I saw the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, that was on the USA Cartoon Express. I don't know if you mm. guys ever watched USA or had the USA channel Saturday morning. I remember that. Yeah. They had the big like subway, tra- uh, subway train. It was like a, uh, it was a train. It was a cartoon express and they would have the Herculoids oh, on. I think I remember that. Yeah. They would have the Herculoids on. They would have Yogi bear. I think wacky races was one, or at least a formation of whatever that was. Cause wacky races. I might've oh gotten confused. Hannah Barbera owns the Berenstain bears too. Uh-huh. Oh, this is terrifying. No wonder. <laughs> Well, we'll go down please, that rabbit hole on a separate episode. Please let there be a Justice League Berenstein Bears crossover. Oh, but, but with an A or an E. Which That's universe right. are you from? That's right. Well, okay. So, yeah, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm going down through here as well. Uh, Dino Mutt, Dog Wonder. Uh, they mm-hmm. had Hong Kong Fooey. Uh, and a lot of this has found a another life on, what's the name? Boomerang? Is that the name of the show? Boomerang. Or they, the network. The oh, they did that really yeah. terrible Godzilla cartoon. Yes. Magilla Gorilla. I remember Magilla Gorilla. I do too. What about Grape Eight? Oh, Jabberjaw. Freaking He's the greatest shark you ever saw. He was he was yeah, he was the educationally challenged shark. That's right. He talked like curly. Yeah, it was just a curly ripoff. Jab, 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 jab a jaws, jab a jaws. He's the greatest shark you ever saw. You ever saw a C Lab twenty twenty. So yeah. that found, you know, well, I love this C Lab 2021. It that found another way of, uh, yeah. Well, they did okay. pound puppies. I liked pound puppies when I was pound a kid. Puppies? I was like, yeah, I was like four years old whenever that came out. So they had their hand in the Smurfs, I guess, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, they did have Wacky Races, was one of them. Yogi Dude, Bear. The Snorks. Ah, yeah. That was an NBC favorite of mine on Saturday morning. We only got NBC and the Snorks could be shown on there. I think it was like right on after the Gummy Bears. I actually partly remember the uh, Wheelie and the, what is it? And the Chopper Bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with, with the talking car. This is quickly becoming the Nostalgia Podcast. Oh, no, Mark Radlich. Never happens. So let's get the, <laughs> let's get the party started. Coming up next, it's the Banana Splits.
Let's make a bunch of soda many more Over hill and highway the banana buggies go Coming up to bring you the banana split show Making up a all right, so Mark, you're going to bring your first presentation forward here, and we're, we're talking Suicide Squad and the Banana Splits. First off, Josh, I want to hear, what do you think of those? Okay, you just, you took a look at, <laughs> you took a look at who the, the uh, Banana Splits were. Do you have any <coughs> preconceived notions of what the so, Suicide Squad is? Well, yeah, so, so we were talking about how, like, I don't know a lot about like I'm like I'm I'm a huge Marvel fan, but like DC, I'm kind of touch and go. And so for Suicide Squad, like literally, <laughs> this is really bad. All that I know is the movie. Ooh, and yeah, <laughs> so this is a weird start because that so that I have that opinion of the movie, which I think is kind of the general opinion of most people of the movie. And then uh, like just this image of the banana splits that I saw. So let's let's run with that. I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, Mark Ryan, let's you have the floor. Okay. <laughs> now. We all remember my pitch for Wonder Woman and the Tasmanian Devil. I pitched it like a movie. I, I'm going to stick with that. Okay. I, yes, it is a it is a comic book. It is a one shot. It's the Suicide Squad slash the Banana Splits. Number one, one shot. But I want you to picture this in your mind's eye like a movie. Mm. Josh, I have some questions for you. One, did you see Suicide Squad? I did. <laughs> <laughs> he says like with suicide? curious fear almost <laughs> I did. did you like suicide squad i did not <laughs> um. of course you didn't nobody did let's let's, <laughs> let, let, let's let's be honest it's a movie that did well but nobody liked and and you know the reason why nobody liked it for one thing is it had a really it, it, if it had a story at all it was confusing and stupid we got to get back to basics with the Suicide Squad, and that's what this story does. What happens here is the Suicide Squad have failed in their most recent mission. They are in disparate places. Some have been captured, and Amanda Waller needs another group to go in and rescue the Suicide Squad. Now, let's <laughs> shift here. Who the hell are the Banana Splits? Well, they're a bubblegum pop rock band, okay? They're playing music. We got a dog, we got a lion, we got a chimpanzee, and we got an elephant. And they play music like they like you do. And they're out... Everybody's <laughs> yeah, one bad. would expect. <laughs> and they're, they're out there in the world. <laughs> now... Uh, we all know the state of a lot of bands that, you know, were big in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. They're not doing so well at the moment. They're they're having a rough time keeping it together. You know, the world has changed, and so has people's taste in music. And so uh, this, too, has affected the banana splits. So they're out there in the world trying to gig, get things going, and it just so happens they get pulled over by the police. And we all know what happens in this world when the police pull strange-looking people over. They get <laughs> shot at. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> they I get was, shot at. They I get arrested. I was expecting there are definitely going to be some drugs in the car. That's just what I was going <laughs> no. to get. Yeah, I don't think they yeah. were going to make it out of that at all. <laughs> We spend the first part, the, uh, really a big part of this, with the, with the banana splits and their their hijinks with the police. It, it opens with the dog character who's dressed in a in a blazer and slacks and a sweater and a bow tie, and he says, "Sorry, officer, but we're late for our gig." 
can you give me directions to the whiskey a go go? And it really, it's just, (laughs) (laughs) and it just goes on from there. So the cops are all uh, are all upset because they're like, oh no, this is a this is a possible meta human threat. And he was, and the banana splits are like, we're not a threat, we're a bubblegum pop band, but that doesn't work. They end up getting arrested and nearly shot at. They're tased, I believe, and they are sent to prison. Okay. That's where we find uh, Amanda Waller, who, again, needs new metahumans or something there, uh, something close to that, to go after the Suicide Squad. Yeah, or whatever the hell these things are. (laughs) (laughs) They, of course agree because they don't want to be in prison anymore and you know they figure if the if and the deal is if they can save the suicide squad and get them out without causing major collateral damage she'll let she'll let the banana splits go okay so uh, i don't know if you in in this version of uh, the suicide squad which is i guess similar to the movie there's deadshot harley quinn uh killer croc and i think the enchantress if i remember correctly they get dropped into they get dropped into the uh mountainside where the suicide squad disappeared they're all geared up so there's like there's a lot of splash panels of them putting on like flak jackets and loading up weapons okay so imagine those same characters all decked out with like grenades and machine guns and shit um and there's a funny panel where the lion actually trips and you know his gun goes off they dropped mountainside they get separated too but they each run into different members of the suicide squad one runs into deadshot one runs into killer croc part of this it one runs into katana Part of this is that there's these robots, these little girl robots that are hunting the Suicide Squad. Okay, eventually they all meet up and they still have a mission to complete. So they each pair off and they go back into the building where these robots are from. Half the team rescues Rick Flag. The other team goes and sets uh goes to blow up the building. We have some fighting. We have some action. Harley Quinn yells out Cowabunga. And they save Rick Flag. They they blow up they blow up the they blow up the robot factory. This is where and, and, you know, and so the banana splits earn their freedom. But the dog says at the end of this, this whole experience got me thinking. Maybe it's time for the banana splits to have a new sound. Bubblegum pop is history. Time to evolve. And oh, wait, you know, wait, wait, wait. Can I ask? Is the lisp in the book? Yes. It is. Yeah, it is. I am okay. reading it as I am reading it as as it's spelled out. If this has already been covered, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I may have missed it, but I <laughs> no, no. I, I I googled and found a page and found a panel that's actually really wow. funny. But, All right, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump into that panel later. It's really funny. <laughs> and you know how little jail time can give a recording some artist. Uh, what do you call it again? Street cred. Exactly. Colonel Flag, Miss Waller, I am asking you to be part of our new origin. And so we turn the page, and they are dressed in pre- <laughs> And six months later, they are now spelling their names Banana Splits with a Z. They're dressed in prison uh, prison jumpsuits. And, and I'm just going to read this straight up. Straight out of Bell Reeve, we've been walking on the dark side. Squad goals, get rich or suicide. Started out bubblegum. Now I'm going to get me some banging with the splits is lit. Because we're straight out of Bell Reeve. Ah, straight out of Bell Reeve. We're ain't nothing, nothing ain't legal. It goes snorky, trooper, and flegal. And Amanda Waller says, this is happening. 
happening. This is actually happening, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Whoa. <laughs> so <laughs> so there's there's a page. Yeah, okay. So they, they meet, I don't know what the context is, but one of one of the Suicide Squad asks, Speaking of origins, what's the story with you guys? And the dog responds and he says, We fold our fold to fate. <laughs> And then, and then it shows it shows a couple of the members of the Suicide Squad just confused, and then the rest are like, "No, we're kidding. We just responded to the Craigslist ad." Uh, <laughs> oh, so wow. there you have it. Now I want you to picture that in your mind's eye, Josh. Picture a movie where anapomorphic dogs, lions, chimpanzees, and elephants rescue the Suicide Squad from a robot army. How great is that? I'm, I'm, that sounds like you could have just put it into the Suicide Squad movie and it would have <laughs> clunk, clunked right along. <laughs> well, we, no need to confuse an already ridiculous plot line. You know, the one I just no one I just pitched is straightforward. It gives you all the action you could want without confusing the issue. It's fantastic. It's the winner here. Noted. Oh. Wow. <laughs> well, put that one on the list. <laughs> Curious as to which list it's going on. Comics to read, comics to avoid. We'll find out here later, I guess. (laughs) Comics to burn. I'll I'll put a header on the list later. (laughs) Well, okay, Ronnie Adams, what what do you think of that iteration there? Well, I've read it twice. (laughs) You read read what Mark Radlich is talking about twice? Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's like extra homework, extra credit and stuff. Yeah, I got bored. Okay. (laughs) I read it the first time. I was like, you know, that was kind of funny. And then I read it again because I was like, no, that can't be. (laughs) So, so you had, you had the exact same experience that I have with the vast majority of the DC movies. Like that was crazy bad. There's no way it was as bad as I remember. And then I watched it again. So go on. (laughs) And it was that bad. (laughs) Yep. Wow. I, I just yeah that I, the more I think about it the more I'm like uh, it makes me rage on the inside. <laughs> I think it's stopping. I had a I'm very sure good time did. reading the my, of all the stories in this. That one really was my favorite. So the booster gold Flintstones is a close second. Bull crap. Home <laughs> <laughs> <Hold> swaggle. <laughs> Coming up next, it's the Flintstones. Well then, uh, Ronnie, are you ready to go next? Would you be willing to yeah. go? All right, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you bring us as we're talking the Flintstones and Booster okay, so Gold. Flintstone, Booster Gold. Okay, Booster Gold is a highly overlooked DC character who his his main thing is he time travel. He is a time traveling hero and he has all these gadgets and everything that, you know, enhances his physical abilities and, you know, all the, you know, but he's, he time travels. I've always enjoyed him. He got his butt handed to him when, you know, during the death of Superman, he and Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle, and he used to, not the one we're used to now, Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, uh, used to pal around together until Ted Cord was shot. And then that kind of put a damper on their friendship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it completely ended. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
So I said, hey, I'll read Blue Booster Gold and the Flintstones. Uh, completely forgetting the wonderful time I had reading the Flintstones from D.C. <laughs> um, and all the wonderful you know storylines that they had in that, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And if you can't tell, that whole statement was dripping in sarcasm. Slash sarcasm. I thought to myself, surely they won't do the same Flintstones from before. <laughs> Who, who's writing it? Who's writing it, sir? Did not realize that he was going to be writing it again. Oh, dude. That's magical. That's awesome. So Maybe we you start. Set yourself up for this. <laughs> yeah, I did. I set myself up for failure. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Scene begins with Booster Gold in his apartment talking to his little robot, Skeets. And Booster is preparing himself for a date. And in the background, we see the Ark of the Covenant because he went back and grabbed it, which he stores. Now, I will tell you this. The Ark of the Covenant is supposed to be where God dwelt, the Spirit of God dwelt. You in, in you know, Old Testament times, they were not allowed to touch it because if you touched it, you know, God's holiness, you, you know, uh, oh, you, your would, face you, melts. You, you would die. No, you would just fall over dead. Not, okay. It's not an Indiana Jones. Oh, all right. Um, in fact, in the Bible, there's a story where um, they're carrying on sticks and somebody missed, you know, took missed, misstepped. And uh, to save it from falling to the ground, forgetting, hey, don't touch it. Someone grabbed, you know, tried to keep it from falling and hitting the ground, grabbed it and died. Ooh, they're like, yeah. that's, a, so, that's an oopsie. So Booster seems uh, to think that it's okay to store his high school yearbook in it and other things <laughs> and baseballs. And I think I see. So he's able to open it up with no problem. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, What's in the that, box? He has he has a dodo, uh, you know, the bird that's extinct, just chilling, you know, as a pet in his apartment. So there's all kinds of wrong things wrong with this. But he's a he's a time traveler, so he can go back and get these things. Mm-hmm. So he's preparing for a you know a date, and he goes out to this this city, this this timeline, whatever he travels the timelines and different you know different dimensions and things like that, and time travel. He's living in Gotham. And where there are no heroes or villains. There's only one police officer that actually patrols Gotham. Um, there's actually a kid running around as a Joker. We learned that there are multiple animals. I mean, like all the animals are going extinct. Like moles just went to extinct, they said. And so, you know, he's living in this this time where everything is like gone crazy. He doesn't have any money in the bank. He can't afford really a nice meal for his date. Uh, when he realizes that, all of a sudden, chaos breaks out in the street because there are people running on fire and <laughs> all right uh so there's people running in the streets that are on fire and there's this alien race that are uh, right flying along just oh. killing people indiscriminately please tell me it's the great gazoos people uh they're green with spines on their back i don't uh, i mean like things coming out of their spines so okay all right that. all right all right so uh gotham police officer rolls up on his little um uh, looks like a uh, thing that paul blart rides only with no wheels on it it's floating <laughs> in the air <laughs> Um, a wheel is segue. Segway. Gotham police uh, order you to, and he turns into a skeleton because they shot him. No. Uh, so he throws his dump, his date in the dumpster, and he says, hey, "You know, I got to help here. Try not to be dis- dis- get disintegrated." So he and Skeets uh, decide to activate his time sphere and go in back in time because they're actually looking for him or not looking for him but they're looking to kill a race so he goes back in time to stop them so according to chronopedia he says this race of aliens have visited the earth before in its ancient past so they plot a course and uh we go to bedrock the year twenty thousand bc 
And there is one of those aliens standing on his little thing, and uh, he's actually preaching a, a message of peace. And everybody's like, oh, that sounds nice. This appeals to me. And all of a sudden, um, Booster shows up and accidentally cuts that alien in half. <laughs> Oh. He's gonna. It's gonna be. He's gonna be the reason. Oh, please continue. So um, he runs into Fred Flintstone, who gives him a you know helps him out. You know, picks up his time sphere and everything, and gives him a ride on his Brontosaurus to uh, Rubble Trouble, with it, which is Barney Rubble's repair shop. So they decide that they they uh, to help him as long as he promises to leave, and they try to uh, repair his time sphere, and they actually do. So he puts out a call to anybody that's in the space-time continuum that's listening. Uh, he gets in contact with someone who is just a few centuries away from him, and she says, if you want me to help, I can swing by, and then she gets eaten by a T-Rex. Okay. Uh, this is Dr. Cloaker standing from about beautiful Mount Vesuvius. How may be of assistance? And they ask, hey, what year is it there, Doc? He said, well, it's 79 AD. Why do you rumble, screams of pain? It was Mount, when Mount Vesuvius erupted and destroyed everything. <laughs> uh, and then Krabulon from Omega G decides he wants to help, but he's at a Who concert and uh, in the year 1961. Mm. Oh, is this like was this the the uh, uh, sixty one? I think I, I can't remember what year it was. Twentieth uh, century at a Who concert, and that's where everybody died. Yeah, that's where they the trampled. Yeah, yeah. yeah, trampled. Yeah, so <laughs> lots of little pop references in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he actually gets in in contact with Alfred in the year nineteen sixty six, and since Batman has a time machine that lasts no, uh, just this prototype for a four dimensional transceiver. We often receive cryptic transmissions from the future, mostly something called Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah, so he actually talks um, Alfred into opening him a bank account in the year 1966 with 10 bucks in it, a savings account. So he just puts $10 into 1966, right? So I'm liking the go, time travel uh, right. stuff here. Okay. So they decide to go see the scientist that are, you know, that is living in bedrock. And he says he needs energy. And he says, uh, how much energy are you talking about? And he says, 5 million gigajoules. And he says, what is that in eel power? Electric kills. And he said, this is hopeless. Um, so he goes out, you know, he takes the alien, you know, the one he cut in half. He takes the time, you know, he takes that spacecraft and he repairs his time machine with it. And uh, they actually uh, find out that he is the reason for the invasion on Earth because they are, you know, they decide, you know, they figure out that uh, he cut the peace loving prophet in half. So they decide to take re- take vengeance on it. So they're tra- time travelers too. And then um, one of them asks, uh, so at the risk of asking a stupid question, why didn't we attack you earlier? Kill the dark one, which is Booster Gold, when he was a baby, stop him from murdering our prophet in the first place. Well, because then we couldn't avenge him. That makes like zero sense. Well, it's just that, <laughs> shut up, it's theology, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So, you know, it goes on, um, he actually, um, he time travels back to, you know, to Gotham, he brings half of Bedrock with him, and then, you know, all hell breaks loose in Gotham, and there, there's pterodactyls and Tyrannosaurus Rex flying around and, and stomping and tromping and uh, Wilma actually rescues Barney and uh, Fred in one of their cars or and Barney and, and Fred and Wilma's car and they don't really they realize hey you know the city's made of what do you call this stuff metal okay yeah so it's made of metal what are we doing here 
So they work together, you know, to solve the trouble with the time jump. They decide that the, you know, Booster decides that the best thing to do is to, since the top half of Gorak, which is the prophet, accidentally came with them in the ship, he puts his hand in it like a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> and decides to deliver one last message of peace, but right. the puppet falls off of his hand. And uh, one of them, you know, one of the aliens proclaims, Now that's just rude, prepare to die, all of you. And then all of a sudden, Krabulon, the one at the Who concert, shows up with Gorak. He went back in time and grabbed Gorak and says, I prophesied, I've returned just like I prophesied. And they all decide that it's not blasphemy, that it's actually Gorak. And he talks him into being peace loving people again, or aliens. And um, then he puts the time continuum back into place, puts all of Bedrock, including all the dinosaurs, back in you know their proper time. He goes to the ATM and it says, Your remaining balance is 3.8 billion Earth dollars. Because it's that far in the future, you know, and his interest. He sure. goes to take the girl out again, and he come to find out that didn't get all of the animals uh, back in time like he was supposed to, which actually helps the Earth out because not all the you know the extinct animals that are back are taking the place of the animals that are going extinct. And they go to uh, this restaurant where they're served a giant slab of ribs. And the girl decides that she's going to sue tender the end. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) She's going to sue tender. I missed the part where tender came in. Wow. That was was the plot point. Um, no, but she's because she Tinder hooked her up with Booster Gold and she oh, didn't like it. Oh, I get it now. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, nice. And you all may think, oh, Ronnie, he's just being funny. No, I'm not trying to be funny. Uh, <laughs> okay. I really did not okay. enjoy this. <laughs> no, this was no. the dumbest thing ever. We've there's had, no comedy here. We've had our. No, there's no comedy here. <laughs> we've had our discussion about Mark Russell before. Did could you feel his? presence all over that book political (laughs) bunch of bull crap just write a comic book it's the mark russell you jerk mark russell wikipedia first sentence russell is the author of god is disappointed in you top shelf productions 2013 a modern retelling of the bible so the man has his motivations and we've we've discussed that fun topic so uh let's let's before we go to judge josh here uh that sounds like a name for a great tv show (laughs) (laughs) mark ralich did you have did you read this one you said you liked this one i did i thought this was great i don't know what ronnie's getting all uptight about i'm not Um, getting uptight it's just it's not a good story um (laughs) it was ridiculous are you doing the chips are you doing the chips again (laughs) no I didn't do the chips. <laughs> there are no chips, you butt donkey. <laughs> um, listen, mm. I, this was not a story that I enjoyed. This is going to be a race to the bottom. It feels yeah, like. <laughs> if, if Ronnie has his way, he will make sure to bury this book. I guarantee. I'm looking at these these four, and I'm going to put numbers beside them, right? And I'm like, I'm kind of tossed up for who's getting four right now. <laughs> I got two more to hear, though, so maybe. I, you know, I haven't read the other two. I actually, you know, I kind of like Adam Strange, you know, stuff I've read in the past. And I've always been a Johnny Quest fan. There's no way they can screw those two up uh, by trying to make, you know, super, you know, uh, preachy political, get my ideas across to you and then ruin Booster Gold in the process. 
or or you know pulling the banana splits out of their rear end and saying okay let's put them with the suicide squad you're taking a <laughs> loved childhood band you know the equivalent of billy bob's wonderland and you're giving them automatic weapons and bombs and saying okay they're actually trained in this stuff even though they're just supposed to be a band let them have at it and yeah that's hilarious them. <laughs> I'm done here. Crickets. Absolute crickets. <laughs> it was All better right. than it was better than um what I read though. Okay. Well, Josh, do you have any other commentary? I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. nothing. I'm lost. Okay. Coming up next, it's Johnny Quest. Well, all right. So I get to bring my selection to the board here, and that is Adam Strange crossing over with Johnny Quest. Now, okay. I believe this is called it's Adam Strange Future Quest Annual Number One. I think is the actual name of the book. So, we've already discussed. Uh, Josh, you said you've have you even ever heard of Adam Strange at all? I've heard the name Adam Strange, but okay. um, I, I like in in zero context. Okay. Did you ever read any of Fifty Two when it was published? I did not. Okay. All right. That's where I first learned, <laughs> which is fine. But that's why I first heard of. Adam Strange. And for some reason, prior to reading this story, I thought Adam Strange and Animal Man were the same person. Absolutely incorrect. And that the, <clears throat> the reason I got them confused is because in the story or the publication 52, Adam Strange and Animal Man are stranded trying. I think they're trying to get back to Earth or they're trying to get back somewhere. And Adam Strange is blind. But I remember that story. 52 is a great story. If anybody has the chance to read it, I would highly suggest it. They did a great job telling telling a very long, drawn out 52 issue story, which was fantastic. It was like released one issue a week throughout a year. So that being said, let's let me give you the lowdown on Adam Strange here. Now, Adam Strange, he's just like you and me. He's a human. <laughs> he has no discernible powers, at least in the beginning. He did not. OK, are you uh, aware of anything in the Hawkman universe, Josh? Um, lightly, like I, I okay. know I know of the two primary characters, uh, the Hawk characters, and that they're from another planet and that they reincarnated or something. That's that's about as much as. It yeah, <laughs> so you're, what I, you're describing pretty much what I've seen on Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Well, Adam Strange has a, a, a some ties to Hawkman, and, and and the fact that as an archaeologist, Adam Strange was out doing a, a dig somewhere, and then got zapped by this what they call a Zeta beam. Okay, Zeta beam transported him to a planet called Ran, and on Ran, uh, he is he befriends the uh, Ranians. That's the name, according to this. He befriends the Ranians and. Uh, there was a uh, Ran Thanagar war recently. That might have been something you guys may have seen on the shelves. Yeah, I, re- I recognize uh, those words together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so Adam, <laughs> that's a good hit. But I mean, uh, we I have some of those words. Adam, <laughs> Adam is Adam is out of out of place. You know, on a different planet, he decides to make the best of it. Befriends the local people, the Ranians, and he is actually a very uh, astute. What would I say here? Uh, he, 
he's a great strategist. Strategist. How's that? I'll put it that way. A strategist or strategist? Strategery. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, there you go he's a great he's a great strategist so he helps actually the Iranian people uh in their troubles i guess you would say dons a suit and a jet pack is able to fly around but and he has like a ray gun but he's a human like you or me so there you go there's your basis of who adam strange is now let's talk about johnny quest johnny quest another hanna-barbera property that came out in the 1960s this was a cartoon actually based off of radio serials our characters here now these are guys that i'm just going to throw out there clearly we have johnny quest the young 11 year old boy who when, when it comes to cartoons what i remember of johnny quest is it was more serious mm-hmm. it was it wasn't your happy-go-lucky uh space fantasy or it certainly wasn't scooby-doo when it comes to hanna-barbera this was when it comes to hanna-barbera properties this was more grounded in what i thought was reality where you have i say reality but i mean it was taken to the extreme where there were there were governments involved you had uh johnny's dad who was a like a secret agent or some of some sort we have the fear Agency, which is a terrorist group, I, I would I guess that you could compare them to like Cobra of G.I. Joe. <laughs> and then we have uh, then we have Raji, who is I think it's Raji. I want to say Raji. Haji. Haji. <laughs> I don't have the characters in front of me. Let's click the main characters here. And that I, do, is- I do like how you say this is like, this is closer to reality. Meanwhile, you have a blonde haired, blue eyed boy who's best friends with an Arab. <laughs> It's, he is that's his adopted son that that is uh, Johnny's adopted brother I guess you would say because Johnny's dad actually adopted Haji uh Haji Raji uh I need to get these characters in front of me here then we have Roger <laughs> T Race Bannon Roger T Race Bannon who is the bodyguard of one Dr. Benton Sequest Johnny's dad uh, we have Bandit who is the faithful puppy dog that travels with them on all their adventures so there you go that's kind of like the basis of Johnny Quest. Now, we get to the fun part, Josh Calandrus, where we take those worlds and we smash them together. Now, here's the thing. I thought about doing this, but I I really don't know how well this is going to go. All right? But we're going to give it a shot. It may fail miserably, and I'm perfectly fine with that. If that happens right here on the Source Material podcast, I'll be glad to say I gave it my best shot. But (laughs) if 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 it works, it'll be amazing. Okay? Me and you... I know that we are simpatico on some of the stuff that we watch when it comes to TV, when it comes to movies. Me, our paths cross a lot, I would say. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we see that we watch the same content, so we're going to start there. All right, we have Adam Strange. All right, I'm going to give you the start of the story, and then you, sir, are going to do your best to actually write this story, and we're going to see if you get it right or if you get it wrong. I'll guide you along, mm-hmm. and obviously, oh, if you if you get it right, sir, then you cannot possibly give me the number four position because this is a this is a story you wrote so there you go what is the fourth shit we're doing here (laughs) so here you go adam strange is in the midst of a six issue miniseries called the death of hawkman okay and at the end of that series he gets zapped with this zeta beam now that by the way is how he travels to and from earth to ran i guess it, it is so he gets zapped with a zeta beam that's like super powerful and, and the way this zeta beam works is you have to be at a certain spot and he has some kind of weird affinity to it to where he knows where it's going to be at but he ends up getting hit with this zeta beam that transports him not to a different place throughout the universe but to a completely different reality and that is 
the Johnny Quest planet. Now, he lands in a spot on the planet that has temporarily been, I don't know if it's temporarily or if it's been like this for quite a while, but it's like the lost land, all right, or mm-hmm. the savage land, okay? Can you see that in your mind? Can you see the savage land? Yeah, yep. All right. Now, what happens with Adam Strange as he wakes up, okay? Let's let's do it this way. He wakes up in the midst of the savage land. You got three choices, all right? He wakes up. He immediately recognizes where he's at, but he doesn't know what time he's in. Or he has amnesia, or he is he wakes up with a completely different personality. Mm, I'm going with the third one. Oh, completely different. No, sir. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is amnesia. as we see, <laughs> strike one. All right, so, uh, let's see. Your story sucks, Cleaners. <laughs> I don't know. We might he might write, be able to write a better one here as we go forward. <laughs> but, all right. So he has Adam Strange wakes up and he has amnesia. He don't know what the hell is going on. Okay. Now remember, he's in the midst of the savage land. Things are out of place here. We've got giant snakes. We've got mammoths. We've got dinosaurs all over the place. Here, flying across the sky is Johnny Quest, his dad, Grace Bannon, and Haji, and good old faithful bandit. I've just given to you a couple tropes here. We got time travel. We got amnesia. What do you think happens when they're flying over? Uh, as they go, cro- go across the sa- the savage land or the whatever I can't even remember what it's called. I want to say it's like the lost land, something like that. But anyway, as they go across that, what do you think happens? Do you think A, they see something down there, they see a man? I'll give you two choices this time because I got 50% chance you'll get it right. They see a man down there on the on the ground and they decide to investigate, or are they are they already investigating potential vortexes that have been populating across the land already and they want to figure They're out what's investigating. going on. There it is. He, he's got one right, folks. <laughs> they are already investigating and Adam Strange has popped out of one of these vortexes and they head down to find out what's going on and there they find Adam Strange. Now, Adam Strange, at first they're like, what the hell are you doing here, man? Now, these vortexes have been popping up all over the place. They've been bringing bad things to the land and you certainly just came out of one you can't be a good person well if adam strange is able to convince him look i'm just you could take my ray gun have my ray gun check it out i'm a good guy i don't know who i am i don't know what the hell i'm doing here things are getting crazy during this time they have got to try and figure out a way to i don't know stop these vortexes from happening now the problem is is once you get into I'm going to just keep calling it the savage land. Okay. Once you get into the savage land, the only way that you can get out of there is by teleporting through a vortex. We just found out that Johnny quest, Adam strange are, are trapped here. And now there's a couple people on the ground already who cannot leave. And they also, I think it's Ugg, who is a caveman and his friend, Todd. Yeah, that's right. Todd. Yeah. Todd. Thanks for joining us, Todd. He's a good, he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, a good little kid. Anyway, he's looking for his parents who are lost in the savage land as well, but all right. So now that everybody's together, we got to figure out a way to get out. Here's the thing. There's a couple other people that are stuck down there. I want to give you two choices. Josh Calandris, two choices. Okay. A, the fear agents, show up and they are also investigating these vortexes and they're trapped as well and think that their only way of getting out is by using Adam Strange or B, the fear agents show up and they put their weapons down 
and they say, we want to join you guys and we want to get out of here. Are they going to manipulate and take advantage of Adam Strange or are they going to try and join up with Johnny Quest? They're going to try and use Adam Strange. Oh my gosh, that's two really? They're, they're called the three agents and they're not the immediate villains? Come on. <laughs> that's, he's that's he's riding it. Map. Clearly riding it. Uh, well, here's the thing. There, There's a battle. We get a bit of a battle. You, you know, Johnny Quest and his dad, they all know about the fear agents. All right. So they know what's going on and they don't trust them at all. We get a big battle. Uh, they are going to turn over Adam Strange and Adam Strange is not going to go willingly. The next thing is, is during the battle. Uh, as they're trying, I think they're trying to escape because the fear agent's using some kind of weird thing to control the animals. I have no idea. But Johnny Quest and Adam Strange, they all got to get out of there. They're able to get out. Uh, but again, the fear agents are upon them. And as they pretty much capture them, we find out that Dr. Benton Quest put out a, uh, he put out like a signal to another one of his local friends uh, in the government. I wish I could remember the name of the government agency. I can't, I can't remember it. I know he works for the U.S. government, but there's a certain agency that he works for. Was it and, Homeland Security? No, sir. <laughs> it was not <laughs> Homeland Security. I wish I could remember. It's, it, it, there's a specific name for the agent. But anyway, he put out a distress call, and somehow it reached somebody. And in swoops, that's right, Harvey Birdman. He shows up, and he is able to even the playing field. And then we find out as well that there is a way to open up these vortexes. And slowly throughout the story, Adam Strange is regaining his, his he's regaining his memory. Okay. And he talks about the Zeta beam and Dr. Dr. Quest talks to him and they figure out that there's these, okay, A or B here. There's these crystals that line the, uh, the, the, the land of the savage land in certain places. And that if they're if they are hit with a certain energy, they will open up a vortex or B they discover that there is certainly a way of opening up a vortex so long as all five of them fart in unison. The first one. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one that involves a fart, although that is kind of how I'd prefer it to be written. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, this is going off the rails. So, <laughs> so yes, that's correct. The first one, there are these crystals. They, you know, they don't know exactly how to figure it out how to get these things to open up a vortex until Harvey Birdman shows up. His name's Birdman, by the way. It's not Harvey Birdman. Birdman shows up and he has some kind of, yeah, just straight up Birdman. Birdman. <laughs> Birdman. <laughs> he, straight, he has some kind of a power. Harvey Birdman. <laughs> yeah, he uses some kind of solar energy. It energizes the crystals and voila, portal opens up. The fear agents are like, all right, see you later. Bye. Thanks for opening up the portal. We're gone. Remember, they had these guys uh, at, at odds and the fear agents hop through the portal. <laughs> Now, the thing is, is that they don't know, they can't control exactly where these portals or these vortexes will send them. On the next page, you see the fear agents running for their lives from the Herculoids. That's right. Boom. Yes. Herculoid oh, shit. Reality. The Herculoids showed up in this? Yes. The Herculoids <laughs> showed up. Uh, you have regained my interest. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, it's for one panel. Unfortunately, there would have been a great if there would have been a great battle. It would have been awesome. But yeah, the Herculoids uh, are the apparent are not very happy with the Fear Agents for some reason. We don't know why, but that's all we get to. We all that's all we get shown. Adam Strange, as he slowly regains his 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 memory, he is able to figure out how to work these crystals to his bidding and creates somewhat of a Zeta beam to beam himself out of the Johnny Quest reality uh, all the way, all, you know, all the while saying goodbye to his good friends that he just made. And that's pretty much the story. That's it. It doesn't, it doesn't so, tell you like why the beams, like why any of that happened. No, we have no idea. I can tell you that 
the Zeta beam <laughs> that I don't know what happened at the end of the end of Hawkman. Like I said in the chat, now, unfortunately, I was at a very big disadvantage just being dropped into this story because that's mm-hmm. what it felt like. I didn't know what was going on in the Hawkman mini. I had to do a little bit of research, figure out what happened there at the end and why he ended up here. I just know there was, you know, Hawkman dies, a Zeta beam hits Adam Strange, and it's extremely powerful and it shoots him over to this reality. As to how those things pair up with the vortexes or whatever, supposedly they're similar, I have no idea. And how the crystals come into play, no freaking clue. It's like reading Revolution again. Shit. So I, I, I don't I, I don't have any answers for that. Uh, I mean, if I was, I don't want to give my criticism. I need to pitch this to you as, uh, as a positive thing. I'll criticize yeah, it later. you don't have to. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> you've taken the lead on that one, Ronnie Adams. Uh, but yeah, I, He's my friend. <laughs> I'll do it this way. As much as I know about the Johnny Quest, uh, the Johnny Quest series and what it was, like I said, it felt like it was grounded in more of the military espionage. And, and we got to get here before this person gets there. And we're up against the fear agents and their commander, Dr. Zinn. It probably felt more faithful and also continuing of that story in that book. Okay. And that and that's the only real justification I can give for as grounded as it seemed, because there really wasn't a whole lot of fantastical stuff going on here. If I could give one more, I'll give one more example to support why this story and that would be if you had johnny quest of all the people that you could pair him up with i was like why adam strange and i think the reason specifically falls with the fact that adam strange is just a guy just like you and me Mm -hmm. so you know if we threw superman into that situation all these people who are uh you know just rely on their guns and their wits are going to be really outmatched uh, so that was probably the best character, at least one of the best characters that fit well enough in that story to right. make it work. Seems like That's a relatively straightforward story, even though the reasoning behind the Zeta beam transports was never explained. Nope, nope, nope none. And it was like, here you go, Adam Strange. All right, you're you don't remember what you're doing, and you regain your memory, and now you go back, uh, back into the Zeta beam ether. There's right. There's just it just carry, happened, carry people. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. Coming up next is Space Ghost. Space Ghost. All right. Uh, other than that, I turn the floor over to Mark Radlich. Mark, we'll we'll go ahead and let see. We'll, since he's got four spots on the paper, we're going to go ahead and let uh, let you pitch number four here and see where it falls. Well, here here's the problem. I didn't really get this story, so I'm gonna I have the book in front of me, and this is not gonna be a very strong pitch because like I didn't really get what was happening. But basically, Green Lantern's out in the space and he's patrolling. And as he's run to do, <laughs> and, yeah, and he runs into one of the yellow lanterns, the one that looks like like a horse. And a sure. No, no, Larflees is the orange one. Oh, oh, yellow's the fear. Yellow's That's right. Fear. My bad. That's right. I'm stepping <laughs> this, back. The one DC property I know about is the one that <laughs> Mark didn't didn't really get. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway so green lanterns like fighting the yellow lantern dude and space ghost shows up and he's fighting zorak 
and they kind of run into one another and they're like, hey, uh, this is my racket. Oh, yeah, well, this is my racket. They don't really use the word racket, though. And so there's like a there's there's a like a four way fight between Gorak, the Yellow Lantern, Space Ghost and uh, Green Lantern. And Green Lantern gets taken down and uh, him and Space Ghost end up landing on this planet. It's filled with these like mechs. And they say, uh, you are in violation of the Prateran sovereignty. Identify yourself or face complete destruction with extreme prejudice. And they meet these aliens. It's funny. Hal Jordan says, take me to your leader, which is... Um, <laughs> Good amazing. job, Harold. <laughs> um, basically, like, Green Lantern's responding to a distress call that came from the planet. And the aliens, if I remember correctly, is like, oh, there's, there's nothing in space. There's nothing out there. Everything that exists exists on this planet. And you're a heretic for saying otherwise, et cetera, et cetera. Green Lantern ends up like using his ring. He ends up like getting away from the mechs. Is there a boxing glove Space involved? Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> needs to be a green boxing glove involved. Um, Space Ghost shows up again, starts fighting the Green Lantern. They, I feel like they end up knocking each other out. Another alien on the planet. Uh, it's like an alien little girl. Why the hell are they fighting? Uh, Space Ghost and Green Lantern start fighting? Yeah, it, it's one of those, like, they don't really understand what the other one's doing there. But okay. they're both... But you know, it's just like you're the enemy. Well, no, you're the enemy, and I'm the and I'm the good guy. And it's like, no, you're not. I'm the good guy. And that kind of thing. Um, like season rabbit season. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so this girl like takes them prisoner. She thinks they're bad guys because they're fighting and tearing up the forest. Uh, she takes the ring and the the bands from Space Ghost. See, here's the problem. <laughs> I read this and I'm like, what is happening? Like every <laughs> single one of these stories has involved that same noise from someone. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of talking and a lot of explaining and like they're trying to get the girl to understand that there like really is space and stuff in space this this is the one story that shouldn't involve a lot of talking oh there's yeah they're both from space they're both this is the one story that naturally lines up pretty well Flintstones and Booster Gold could probably be done with time travel but this one like is, is damn near written for you you don't have to explain Zeta Beams you don't <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to explain why animals are walking around with guns hunting for people. You, like <laughs> this was all done so poorly. <laughs> There's something about a weapon here. That's and that's what caused the distress signal. They realize who the real enemy is. She gives them back their weapons. Only it turns out she gave the she gave the the, the bands to Al Jordan and she gave the ring to Space Ghost. Oh, and they both use, and then they both use. The other one's power is kind of badly. It's some pretty comedic stuff that happens here. They switch. They end up using their powers together to uh, save the planet, destroy the weapon, et cetera, et cetera. And then in the final bit of panels, they take the little girl into space. And, sh- and she... And drop um, <laughs> And she ends up building like a fleet of astronauts as, as she, you know, when she grows up. <laughs> Can you fly? Hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's all I got out of this. That's why I was hoping I was hoping you guys had read it because like oh, someone man, could maybe be better. It. Okay, could you explain it a little bit better than I did? Because I, I, I did a very good job. I want to. I, I just want to. Way better than I would have. Really. Uh, the, art, the art on this looks fabulous, by the way. I don't oh, know. Great. Oh my gosh, who? I'm trying to figure out who the artist was, but I'll tell you right now, it is. It looks very, really good. Kind of almost reminiscent of Alex Ross. Yeah, really? yeah. It's, it's, it, well, mm-hmm. it's got a it's got a painted feel to it, uh, a real painted feel. And I'm I'm trying to find the guy's name on the front cover. We have Tinian the Fourth, Sabella, and 
Olivetti. So I assume Savella's probably the artist. I, I don't have a Olivetti. It's it's Olivetti. He's the okay. Yeah, Ariel Olivetti. All right. <clears throat> yep, you're right. Christopher Savella is part of the writing team. So Ariel oh, yeah. Olivetti, man, I'm that telling does, you right now, dude does some good art. Yeah, that's really impressive. Um, yeah. As for the story, <laughs> I, I didn't read it, Ronnie. I I I, uh, I cut you off, man. What what do you have? Did you have anything to add on the story? Oh no, he 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 did way better than I would have. <laughs> so it's just on you know a certain way of getting these two characters <laughs> together, having them battle I, it out. And can I just tell Josh there's also like an, there's an extra story in here that has a Top Cat Batman um, crossover. <laughs> That'd be at the end of mine. I read that. I That's just needed Josh ever. to know that. <laughs> Yeah, that Justin story was like, I was, I had taken my kid to to the little kitty gym, you know, and I'm reading that and I'm, and you know, and I'm looking and like, there's so much happiness. The kids are running around frolicking and I'm reading this really depressing Jetson story. I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh no. Right. It's the Jetsons. It's not supposed to be depressing. God. Get your crap together, DC. Ah, all right, all right, Josh. You've yeah. now heard all the pitches. Hit us, hit us oh, with your ranking, sir. He is typing Holy furiously. Shit. Um, I was really expecting to come out of this as the Green Lantern Space Ghost thing is the clear front runner, just because I love Green Lantern and that that premise. Just those two characters alone makes sense. Like I said earlier, that 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 can't that cannot be hard. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is this is what we've got to go with. Okay. Um let me let me help you. Ooh. Suicide Squad Banana Splits number one. That is not Mark. gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one is probably at the bottom. Um uh-huh. <laughs> dude, like you I'm just I'm, destroyed Mark's world. <laughs> I'm split on the Green Lantern Space Ghost or Johnny Quest Adam Strange being one or two. And the other two being three and four, but they, but there there is there is like the flimsiest of lines between all of these. <laughs> like you could you could you could juggle these out and have them hit the ground, and I'd be like, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> I, mm, I'm I, I'm probably gonna go with uh, the Green Lantern one just because the art does look pretty awesome. Now that I've googled it, yeah. and uh, I, I, that is. It's not based on a lot. <laughs> those all sounded terrible. <laughs> Seriously, those all sounded really bad. I like would the, love to see a Banana Split Suicide Squad movie. I don't know what you're Oh, come about. on, dude. Give no way. These yeah, all way. sound these no all way. sound painfully forced. Like I would I would love to know the backstory between how this was decided and who came out of the like they had to have just tricked the advertisers into overpaying for ads and everybody came out ahead on this on the money side because <laughs> I don't I mean, well, DC's got a full like <laughs> Hanna Barbera universe. That was the the point of, I guess, Future Quest. I don't. I, I just looked at the Green Lantern one, uh, a Green Lantern Space Ghost one, and I didn't see Future Quest listed on the front. So maybe mine was just an outlier for some strange reason. But the whole thing of Future Quest, if you Google Future Quest, they were bringing all of these properties together. I'm talking like freaking. They were bringing Space Ghost in along with all oh, the whole Hanna Barbera universe. They were bringing Space Ghost together with Johnny Quest and and Herculoids were going to be figured into it somehow. Uh, so there is a shared universe 
now, much like what we saw with Revolution, where they brought all the Hasbro properties together. They're doing the same thing with Hanna-Barbera. Of course, I don't see how Flintstones is going to affect much anything else, but we just had a story that brought DC into, into it. So DC is, my guess is, clearly it's a good way of trying to promote these other Hanna-Barbera titles. And then, of course, give you some ridiculous ridiculousness in, in some form. Let me ask before we get into uh, Josh, you got to give a final ruling. You're just going to you, you got to do one, two, three, four. So you got to uh, do that. OK, so um, Green Lantern, Space Ghost, uh, okay. one, two, Johnny Quest, Adam Strange. OK, uh, three, Flintstones, Booster Gold and four, Band Split, Suicide Squad. <laughs> we ain't had Mark Radlitz. I got no. it. <laughs> <laughs> well okay all right we're going to wrap up here real quick and we'll get we'll get the plugs uh josh I, I, thanks for playing along go ahead man so just for the record i was just kind of googling this and uh the, you know are you all familiar with paste magazine have you ever heard of that no well i heard of it yeah, sometimes they do like music reviews i think it, it's kind of like just a little bit of everything but um they apparently have an have an article where they ranked these oh boy out of 10 <clears throat> on a scale of one to ten Nothing got under under a, a six, by the way. Um, Adam Strange, future Johnny Quest got six out of ten. Okay. Booster Gold Flintstones got an eight point two. Mark Russell, sweet God, what's wrong with this dude? Yeah. Mark Russell. I mean, the guy is. <laughs> Go ahead. Su- Suicide Squad Banana Splits got a 7.2. Yeah, it did. And uh, <laughs> Green Lantern Space Ghost got an 8.6. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now, my question to the rest of the guys here was which one's better so far that we've read? We'll start with Mark Radlich. DC Looney Tunes or DC Hanna-Barbera? DC Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. Okay. All right. Yeah, just, just based on the stories I'm told, I'm I'm going to painfully side with the Looney Tunes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I mean, the, the descriptions were better. Like, that, there was there was some interest and optimism from you all on some of those books. Um, mm-hmm. But I got a good time with any of this today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked mine. I just didn't understand the Green Lantern Space Ghost one, so I, I didn't really want to pitch it. I was Which just going. It's like, even more infuriating because that's the easiest one to make yeah, work. That, if if it would have been written well, Mark Radlich, you wouldn't have had to struggle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if this were to be it, it would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a lot better had it been written well. You you would have been able to be like, oh yeah, listen to this fucking story, but. But yeah, I, I mean, well, you can only do so much with, with bringing two a cartoon property together with a comic book property. You think it'd be pretty easy, but because they both, you know, almost well, now sometimes any thoughts on the next DC, the DC cartoon DC. crossover? Any any guesses? What's that on the next one? Yeah, I mean, what's just random guesses here? I mean, <laughs> they they seem to be on a bit of a tear here. Uh, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, what we covered, well. Go ahead. Who do they have access to? I mean, there's there's certain things they just don't have access well, to. They so. got they got WB money, so anything not Disney, <laughs> right? I mean, they're not going to do a crossover with a Marvel owned property. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I don't know. Maybe horror monsters. There's plenty of horror monsters in the under the Warner Brothers catalog. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is at all. Um. Oh, you know what? You know what they should probably do the uh the DC versus the monster verse. So it would be like King Kong, Godzilla. I think that's one of those. Yeah, hang on, let me look. All right. They could do that. I mean, 
They've done this. Is nothing <laughs> sacred? Yeah, like, no. <laughs> hey, here. Not, let, not a, I, not I got if a there's perfect, profit involved. I've got a perfect cartoon property that they can team up with, and we can cover right here on source material. And they only have to answer one. Only one question has to be answered, and that one is, Ronnie, what's your favorite cartoon? I don't want to say it because I'm afraid somebody will hear me. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> oh, all we want to do is risk. ruin his childhood. <laughs> uh, to be clear, yes, the MonsterVerse is a Warner Brothers uh, connected universe. So yeah, uh, coming oh, you- to the DC Comics near you, we it's going to be. It, it's yeah, it's going to end up being God- Godzilla and King Kong and Mothra and all that shit. Yeah, versus let's, the, let's uh, the call DC- that as our prediction. Oh sure, sure. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing Kong uh, on the Planet of the Apes, so he's getting around. God dang it! Are yeah. they? Yes, they are. Kong in on a, the Planet of the Apes. Really? Not a comic. Yeah, it's going to be a comic. That's going to be a comic. Oh, when not, is this happening? Because I have to read that. That's not. That's oh, not of course you do, Mark. <laughs> Masochist. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look here, Kong. Because you like terrible stuff, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm looking up real quick, just real quick. Boom Studios. Yeah. Um, Kong on the Planet of the Apes, number one, comes out in November. Oh, boy. Oh, Boom Studios is doing this? I I can tolerate that. Please read this. The damn dirty crossover event you demanded, Ronnie Adams. (laughs) Following the event, <laughs> I demanded following, nothing. Following the events, I demanded the, first... the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> following the events of the first Planet of the Apes film, 1968, Dr. Zaius and General Ursus lead a small group of soldiers to the Forbidden Zone to destroy any remaining evidence of Taylor's time among them. To their surprise, they discover a Kong. Now oh, they damn. must venture to Skull Island with Cornelius and Zero to discover Kong? the truth. There are multiple yes. Kongs? Yes. <laughs> Didn't you see the movie? Silence. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I did not. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was on mute. No, I did not. I um, now they must venture to Skull Island with Cornelius and Zero to discover the truth, but they may not survive the deadliest journey of their journey of their lives. Ronnie Adams. So, okay, all right. This that Mark Radlich. If you're interested in covering something like that, I know I'm up. Hell for yeah, it. Ronnie Adams would be up for it. Does it yeah, say whatever. how? Does it say how long it's going to be? I mean, when it comes to issues, does it say it's fifteen like a, issues? No, <laughs> <laughs> three trade paperbacks. Got <laughs> um, a little bit of Ronnie Adams' soul. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be seven dollars each each issue. Fifteen issues. Uh, well, uh, hang on. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing it in the, the source that I got. It's art for some reason. <laughs> That would be uh, that'd be insane. This beautifully painted work in Kong on Planet <laughs> of the Apes. <laughs> Dude, we stupid, covered stupid, stupid. We covered. Uh, we... <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's six issues, by the way. Six. All right. Well, that's that's man. We did Tarzan, Planet of the Apes, and that was what three or was that no. six? Six. It was six. Okay. Seven. All right. All right. Let's get into plugs, ladies and gentlemen. Again, thanks to the imitable judge, Josh Calandra, for being here tonight and, and hanging out with us, playing a fun game with us. And uh, to my guests, Ronnie Adams, Mark Radlich, thank you very much for bringing your favorite comic books, uh, the comic books you were assigned, and, and to the table. <laughs> the books that you were How dare read. you call this my favorite? <laughs> So let's get into plugs here. Let's start with Josh Calandris, sir. You know, we, we get you on here when you can't, when we can. Uh, I know you're a busy man. So you got anything going on you'd like to plug, sir? 
Uh, I'm watching a lot of college football, and I'm pumped for hockey, and that's probably about as much as far as it goes. Oh, uh, I'm living closer to Chicago now, so I might be able to watch some of those games. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm in the middle of college football, so. That's, that's, uh, I know that's your favorite season. Uh, you had the opportunity, Um, you you had to go, you went to what game here this past Saturday? Uh, I went to Marshall at Cincinnati. Um, so I've been to three games already. So I did Ohio State at Indiana, I did Ohio at Purdue, and I did, uh, Marshall at Cincinnati. And I've got another three, three games planned to go to, plus the Big Ten Championship game. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. All right, then we'll move over to Mark Radlich. What, what do we got going on? What's the schedule, sir? All right, for those of you listening live, tomorrow night we are doing the the, the much delayed, but uh, finally getting to it, on trial, Ballistic versus X versus Sever. On Wednesday, Jesse and I are going to try to figure out how the hell we're going to cover Primus, the Desaturated Seven. <laughs> Bringing you another book to you. Yeah. Um, and then on Thursday, uh, we're going to do TV party tonight, Hannibal Season 1. For those of you who are listening on Columbus Day, when this, when this drops on the network, we've got a pair of Blade Runner shows to bring you. We've got uh, Damn You Hollywood, Blade Runner 2049, which is getting pretty good reviews. The Metal Hammer of Doom will review Cradle of Filth. And then we're going to do an on trial for uh, Blade Runner. Ooh. I don't know which version so, of Blade Runner we're going to be reviewing. But can, I, apparent, uh, but can I piss you all off and say that I've never seen the original Blade Runner? Ahead. Either I'm right way. there with you, dude. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen it either. And the funny thing is, I'm going to do that soon, though. When I mentioned it to Robert Winfrey, he was like, "Mark, which version of Blade Runner are you going to watch?" And I'm like, "There's multiple versions." So he's like, "You oh, have no yes. idea." Director's cut. I've always heard that's been lauded pretty heavily, right? Is that right, Ronnie Adams? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anything else there, Mark? No, I'm going to go to bed. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Good night. Good night, Ronnie Adams. I'm going to scream my podcast. So, Ronnie Adams. Yes. Uh, what, what do you got planned, man? What, what's been we, going on? In the next week or two, uh, we will be recording again because all systems are go as far as technical difficulties, blah, blah, blah. It's all done. We are up and running again. So, it will be the triumphant return of the Screaming Boy podcast. So, we will be up and running here soon. Discussion topic TBA. But it will be something else. I was like, what What is that? (laughs) To be announced. Um, We've missed quite a bit. Uh, I don't want to go back and go over what we've missed, but we will go over some, you know, some new stuff. You know, the upcoming probably I want to talk a little bit about uh, Stranger Things before the new, new one comes out. It is the month of October, so we've got some Halloween stuff that we want, you know, you know, make a big deal out of Halloween. I do at least. I love Halloween. So we've got, you know, we got some, you know, stuff brewing and we will we'll be back and better than ever, hopefully. If not, we'll just be the same and still kinda suck. But um <laughs> no, we won't we don't suck. I recently was a guest on a podcast called The Exhaust Port. Yeah, which is a podcast all about Star Wars. Um, it was while well, I was at the Greensboro Comic Con, and so if you look up the Exhaust Port, it's a, it's a fun little podcast. Um, if you're a Star Wars nerd, um, you'll love it. These guys know their stuff, or well, he knows his stuff, and we talk about um, you know the movies, what was our fate, you know, out of the out of the 
the six or well, the original three, which ones were our favorites and what was wrong with the uh, prequels, you know, the usual stuff with that. And then we get into a little bit about the extended, you know, extended universe and, you know, the upcoming Obi-Wan um, Kenobi movie. Oh, yeah. Um, if whether they should do a Boba Fett movie, um, I really want them to do a Lando movie that I think that would be really good. I think that that's in the works or something. I can't remember. And actually, um, I pitched a little bit of a story that I would love them to do because I don't see Star Wars going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, them taking a break, we talk about that. They need so one, one of them said, We need you know, they need to take a break. Well, they don't because I can hear the cash registers going on that. Um, uh, but. <laughs> Every, One of my every favorite December makes sense to me. I mean, you got a year mm-hmm. between each anyway. Exactly. We talked about how good Rogue One was. So we really want to see that, you know, the Han Solo movie, the Obi-Wan movie, uh, follow in suit with those. Uh, one of my favorite books, which is now not considered canon, uh, but still a great book to read, was called Mo- Tales from the Most Eisley Cantina. And it's different stories of different characters in the Most Eisley Cantina. I really wish they do. I, I know uh, it wouldn't be a Netflix series, but I really wish they do a uh, on-demand series. Uh, if if uh, Disney comes out with their own on-demand service or whatever, I really want them to do something like that. Take the Most Eisley Cantina, take these guys that you see um, in the background, and just give them a story and you could do different genres you can do a little bit of horror you know something like that you could do comedy you could do action you could do a heist film things or heist you know show thing you know just different different genres you know mixed in with that just to switch it up a little bit yeah that could work we we talk a little bit about that and you know uh or i mentioned that so it was it was a good time i just randomly approached them at the uh comic-con in greensboro and said was talking about their equipment and uh, mentioned that i had a podcast my own and they invited me to sit down i sat down with them for quite a while and talked to them and it was it was a lot of fun very cool Represented uh, the Radio Lich and Broadcast Network and the Stringing Boy podcast and source material at the Com- Greensboro Comic Con. So I told everybody about it. I actually got to meet the writer. Uh, well, he's one of the writers of The Stuff of Legend, which is one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about it's a story about uh, this young boy who gets kidnapped by the boogeyman. It sounds it's, he's a lot more evil than he sounds. And his toys come to life uh, because he takes such good care of them, and he they love him. Uh, they rally together and go into go into that world like a toy world to rescue him. Um, so it's you know his stuffed bear turns into a real bear. Uh, the little wooden Indian princess that he plays with turns into a real you know the the soldier the toy soldier that he has turns into a real soldier. You know things like that. And they just go into this universe and and to rescue him and it's it's pretty sad you know uh some points of it you know um, that sounds pretty cool actually it's a it's a really good read um I, I enjoyed it he actually signed my book for me uh i bought an omnibus from him while i was there because i don't have i didn't have a physical copy of it it was all digital mm-hmm. so i bought an omnibus from him the first the first omnibus and he signed it for me super nice guy brian smith and uh really 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 nice guy so uh, i want to plug that book a little bit for him you know if you have haven't read the stuff of legend please read it it's great uh i think it is at least okay and uh so we you know a lot of a lot of cool stuff there so we have a lot of pictures up on the web so if you go to instagram screaming boy podcast you can see the you know pictures of all the cosplayers of you know artist alley and the uh vendors and everything like that that was you know it was a really cool time as well it was the very first one in, in greensboro so it was really cool participated in the in what they called nerd slam which is trivia where you pick your own 
your own subjects uh, that they choose questions from. So I do things like Masters of the Universe, Star Wars, the first, you know, three, you know, four, five, and six, Marvel. And I th- they said, what about Marvel? And I was like, I don't know Marvel. And they were like, really? The whole thing? I said, anything but the cosmic Marvel. I don't know anything about the cosmic side of it. And then um, they were really upstanding because I got my final question correct and was supposed to advance, and they had the answer wrong. And when I pointed it out to them, they were super apologetic about it. And they had the, the first prize was uh, a weekend pass to the North Carolina Comic-Con um, in Durham, which Rob Liefeld is going to be at. Uh, so they made it up to me. They're sending me to the Fayetteville Comic-Con, uh, which is the largest in North Carolina. And they gave me a weekend pass for that. And I'm actually going to be in the Nerd Slam, the two-day Nerd Slam there. All right. So Instagram, we're on Twitter at Screen Boy PR. And if you look us up on Facebook, it's Screen Boy Podcast. I was definitely checking out the pictures of the cosplay. Some very yeah. cool cosplay down they, there. So they had some really good costumes. Uh, they had uh, some, I don't know if you call them professional cosplayers or, or what, but experienced? Uh, they had experienced cosplayers there. A couple of uh, people that that's, you know, that was their company. Uh, mm. The 501st Legion was there uh, with their Star Wars uh, cosplay. They had opti- a seven, eight foot Optimus Prime. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah. And he was like, he was amazing. He had, he had to have everybody stand five foot back because he probably couldn't see us and was would smack us in the head with his rifle but he was straight from the cartoon optimus prime and his chest opened up to reveal the makeup ah, of yes ship. that's so cool and um so uh my chest does first- that <laughs> yes, it does. I've actually seen it. Ain't it ain't the major leadership, though. It's just a no. Um, there's like, like some, a ball of hair, uh, old hamburger wrappers, and a couple empty bottles in there. Halogen light bulb. It just buzzes all the time. Oh, uh, okay. No, that's fluorescent, fluorescent light bulb. Uh, but uh, so we we had a lot of, we had, a, I had a lot of fun. Uh, ran in, oh, uh, one more thing and I'll shut up. Um, ran into a guy that was just looking to give you stuff away. And I got two original G.I. Joe figures complete, not on card, but they were complete. Now I you got, say complete. What does that mean? Does that mean it had all they the weapons? Had all their weapons and their backpack. Okay. Okay. Every, nice. all, their, all their accessories were there. So I got Alpine and Dusty. And then I got a complete with stickers and weapons and missiles and everything. The Cobra Ferret, which is the ATV. And um, there was a couple of vendors there. They were selling each of their GI Joes for like anywhere from fifteen to fifty dollars. Vehicles were going anywhere from thirty to hundreds of dollars. And I got all four, all three of those things for seventeen dollars. Nice. That's a good so score, you, man. Yeah, you can definitely find uh, a lot of cool stuff at these cons if you find the right guys. You can clean up. So. Um, got to see some, you know, really cool artwork, things like that. Okay, I'll shut up now. <laughs> Ronnie Adams, he hasn't had a podcast for a while, as if you couldn't tell. <laughs> I want to talk. <laughs> he wants to get in what he's done. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, you can go over to the Rattle and Broadcasting Network Facebook page to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. We do MMA. Uh, we do wrestling. We see a lot of great wrestling content over there from the W2M net.com guys sean garmer and all the great contributors from over there give us a lot of podcast content we we, just like mark said we do tv we do metal reviews comic books right here on the uh, source material comic book podcast so 
there's something on there for somebody just about darn near anybody that can enjoy. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Remy. If you still watch it, I know Remy checks in with us every once in a while. Just got a message from Remy. there from dueling ogres. They just went to the Parkersburg PopCon here last weekend. So I'm sure they may be releasing some kind of content. Possibly a couple, a couple of the podcasters got together that I know, which is uh, dueling ogres. And then the guys from what's going on, uh, Joel Gant, the guy that did the remix recap with me, here in the archives where we talked about remix throwdown for the pound 16 that happened here in Marietta, Ohio. Uh, some great wrestling content on there. If you guys want to check that out, I'm a big fan of remix. They bring in a lot of great talent. I know Josh Calandris loves wrestling. Can't get him to stop downloading these uh, wrestling <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> I'm probably going to head to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but you can follow me at Stiznarkey on Twitter at Source Mac Cast if you want to follow the show's Twitter. I think that's about it. I mean, uh, you guys just go in the archives check it out type in rattlich that's all you got to do on any podcast podcast program app whatever and you're going to find rattlich and broadcasting network and all the great content that we have i'm ready to go to bed ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for joining us our good friends josh calandros mark rattlich who is probably snoring away right now ronnie adams who hopefully will be having a podcast here pretty soon for the screaming boy and oh definitely it's happening it's a happening it's a crappening ladies and gentlemen ha have a good one. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.